0: Hey, podcaster, it's Charlie here, the host of The Business of Podcasting. And in this episode of the show, I spoke with Stephanie Campanella of the Nailing It podcast. And what I enjoyed most about this episode is going deeper on the topic of niche. I think niche is one of the things many podcasters failure to really dig into and fail to get right. And it's a huge reasons why so many shows never become successful. Maybe they've gone way too narrow or maybe they've gone way too wide. Wide. And I think Stephanie's approach and how she thinks about niche is really important, particularly how she thinks about how she listens to podcasts and that every show she listens to or every podcast she listens to is for a reason and making sure your show fulfills that reason. The next thing I thought was particularly interesting when talking with Stephanie is about how she's using keyword research to develop what content to make. So rather than just, you know, bringing a guest on and then talking about whatever they want to talk about, being very Intentional with the titles and things she wants to bring up so she knows that it will resonate with her audience. Now I'm gonna head over to the episode but before I do please make sure you like and subscribe to the show on whatever channel you're on and you'll get regular updates from it. So let's kick over to the episode from here. Thank you for tuning in. Ah. to the show, Stephanie. How are you doing?
1: Hey, I'm really good.
0: Thank you so much for coming on. I'm excited we get to have this conversation today and talk about your podcast, Nailing It. So, I wanted to ask, what led you to podcasting initially?
1: Um, gosh, I don't know what led me to podcasting. That's actually a really good question. I think, I think I was sort of covering the YouTube element and I love listening to podcasts myself Um, So, I guess I kind of journeyed down that valley and and decided to, to, you know, sort of set up my own office and and do the thing and it's been really fruitful.
0: Well, that's awesome to hear. I think it's interesting that everyone I ask, it's always been that I think an experience of them enjoying podcasting to a degree has led them to going, hey, I want to do this for myself. Like, I feel the effect. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid here and I want that to translate into my own show.
1: Yeah, cool. No, definitely.
0: Awesome. So the next thing I'll kind of go into from there is like what I've, I mean, I'll even dig into this. I sent you a message this morning. I got on your website this morning doing some research and I was like, this website is freaking awesome. Um, Thank I'm, you. <laughs> you're welcome. And I'd expect nonetheless, you, I mean, you are serving the creative space, but what I thought you have done really well, which funnily enough is what you do in this particular model is you've nailed your niche. You've really, really, and funnily enough, the pod, I know I'm trying to be a bit of a pun here of like using nail it in the term, but I thought there was an amazing way you've gone about going, hey, this is a really specific podcast for a really specific segment of the market. Now, I wanted to kind of look at how intentful were you in kind of niching your podcast?
1: Oh, absolutely. It had to be narrow. It had to be my own corner of the world. Um, coming from 10 years of marketing, I know that if you don't know who your customer is, you don't know where they hang out and you don't really know what they want, you don't know their pains, then you're never, you're never going to sort of, you know, I don't know, score a try or get to that end game, so to speak. So immediately before I did anything, I made sure that I knew exactly who I was going to um, work with or attract, what I was going to do for them, what are their biggest problems and then how could we brand it so that it's going to work directly for them.
0: So take me a little bit more into that because I think this is a big failure point with a lot of podcasts. I honestly believe like we come across a lot of shows and a lot of shows come in at Valor Media where they're kind of stuck. And I think a huge failure point is they just went too wide. They're literally trying to serve everyone with a pulse with their podcast and then they're wondering why it doesn't get any traction. So how has your approach been different here? Like you've been very specific, but how did you choose creatives or that agency market?
1: Um, I mean, even going back from my own experience of listening to podcasts, like I've got probably nine podcasts sitting on my iPhone and I listen to each one for a particular reason. So that I think probably resonated in the back of my mind and, and helped me make sure that I was going to fix this corner of the market. Um, I mean, my whole goal is so that, you know, creatives marketers um, can can do better at business because I'm so sick of hearing that they can't hire or they're making hundred grand or, you know, the usual problems that um, creatives have. And there is such a better business out there to be had. Um, but you've just got to, you know, follow the bouncing ball and get the thing done. So I really made sure that the podcast supported all the courses and, you know, uh, coaching and all the elements that I do. Uh, as well. So, it was sort of like backing up all our messaging and um, helping us along, so to speak.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot. I think that the synergy between podcast and business is essential. Like, I kind of think about podcasting as the ultimate way to explain what you do to people or reasons why they should discriminate towards your business, uh, in summary, of going like, that's a way to approach it. And I think you've done really well in even aligning your podcast with what your business offers in courses as well, which I think is really, really cool. So have you found the podcast to be a great link between people getting to know you and I suppose understanding what you do in the podcast and then coming to buy things from you and become clients?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was actually quite astonishing. I've only done, I think I've got 26 episodes now and that's in over 24 months. So you know, I've, I've tried to do one a fortnight, but it seems like it's more like one a month or just over that. But even by the third or fourth episode, I'd already made some really good connections and, and generated um, an income directly from the podcast. Um, the things that surprised me were getting feedback in iTunes and reading those and just going, who is watermelon splash time? I don't, you know, like, I don't know, but thank you so much. Um, hearing that, you know, someone sort of says in, in a sales call that, oh, look, I, you know, I get your emails, I listen to your podcast, I watch your YouTube channel. That's just like, wow, this person is all in on me. And so I know that they're really, oh, I guess you could say nurtured. Um, you know, they're they're quite deep into the content. And I imagine, you know, just myself, like looking at other people's podcasts, if I'm listening to a few Uh, of of someone else's work, uh, episodes of their work, then then I know that I'm really invested in that person. So it's nice to sort of see and hear when people are, you know, into your stuff that you're like, yes, this person's being nurtured. They appreciate exactly what I do. I don't have to explain the whole thing. Um, So, yeah, it's good.
0: I've had the same experience. If someone, let's say, has listened to three podcasts with me on it, three seems to be the magic number. If someone's heard three podcasts, it just seems that conversations and inquiries just go so much easier. It's actually less of a sales call. It's actually more like just an order call. It's an
1: onboarding call. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah,
0: practically. But this is one of the things I didn't expect much like you to happen so quickly. Like we had some people that really like binged it and were like ringing up and like, oh, I want what was in episode 20. Like what you spoke, and I was like, what well, was in episode 20? <laughs> we better look this up. <laughs> but it's been really magical from that front from there. So it's great to hear that's been your experience as well. Now, you bring a massive amount of marketing experience to your podcast. I would say that's probably one of your strength areas is your experience in marketing. How have you gone about growing your show or bringing listeners to your show?
1: Um. So we have got people coming in and, and sort of using their network. And my network to help share it out. We, of course, throw it all over the social media. Um, You know, we're pretty big on Instagram in terms of um, reproducing the content so that there's little audio snaps in the stories and there's also in the actual um, tile there as well. We've connected a few on YouTube, but, you know, we should be a little bit better than that. Um, it's, it's in our email signature. It's, it's basically everywhere. Like it's, I think it's tab three or four of the website. Like listen, there's only so many things you can do on our website because it's really tight sales process. And one of those is listen, because I know that if you listen to us, um, to me, then, then you'll, you'll get nurtured and you'll understand the value that I provide. And then you'll get little snippets of, Hey, this, this, you know, this episode is brought to you by the Nail the Niche course, which is launching soon. Do you know what I mean? Like they just automatically get that 15-minute cut. Um, so it's <laughs> we put it everywhere basically.
0: Yeah, it's got a very wide approach. Have you found one particular avenue to do best or something you've seen work really well?
1: Oh, for us, it's always Instagram. So Instagram always drives really good leads, um, really good conversations. We're always getting DMs. Um, of customers you know listening and this kind of thing so yeah instagram is like that is our gold mine basically we dig for gold in instagram
0: awesome i'm thrilled to hear that one's uh it's one i probably haven't used as much but i'm thrilled to hear someone's getting some results from that
1: Yeah, seriously i mean facebook ads are incredible absolutely um but you know going all in and using one traffic source and people are sort of Splitting them time between, you know, LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest and YouTube and every other, you know, platform. If you can just focus or lean in on just one, um, then you're going to have a much better outcome because you're not spread so thin. You've actually got the process booked up in there and, you know, there's a roll on and there's a schedule and you're really dedicated to that one source. So for us, it's always Instagram because it's super visual and I know that um, my marketers, my creatives hang out uh, there. So, you know, again, know who your customer is, know where they hang out. Um, So, yeah, I mean... If there's basically gold in there.
0: This brings up, like, such an interesting point because I think this is one of the challenges with podcasting is literally you can make it work on any channel. Like, even in this so far, you have like, well, you can put it anywhere. And I look at it and go, <laughs> well, we have in the past, but sometimes when you know your market well, it's far better to fish where the fish are. So Yeah, speak. of
1: course. Like, we've even dabbled in Pinterest, so... Um, After attending Social Media Marketing World and I attended a few Pinterest, um, uh, what do you say, workshops, I I went and got the team to drop in, you know, a cover image and then the URL and drop a description and all this kind of stuff. In one week, we had uh, clicks back from Pinterest and, you know, the time on the site was really good and the bounce rate was really low. And so I was like, holy cow, like Pinterest is actually a really good place to be sharing our podcast story. Um, now, it's not scheduled and it's not it's not the one that we lean into. Um, you know, we really lean into the Instagram there. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you just focus all in on one core um, platform, you're guaranteed results.
0: How do you feel about this then in contrast? What, one of the fears I have, yeah, I'm going to be in here, is that let's say, you know, you go all in on Instagram and it might work for a while and you might even get some great results from it from years, but then suddenly there's a change. Like we see some sort of move by Facebook who own Instagram and then that platform becomes much less viable too. Do you see any like single source dependence risk? Is there any hedges you're putting in place to measure against that or you don't think that day will come?
1: I mean, sure. I am hedging all my bets on on one piece of media. Um, I mean, everything draws back to the website. So, it's not like we're Doing that typical thing of oh everything's on our Instagram and nothing there's nothing on the website, so we're definitely at any point we can pivot and go right let's let's drop all that artwork straight into Facebook and we can do Facebook really well now. So there's always a contingency plan, I guess. Uh, there's a lot of users on Instagram. Uh, it's it's a big it's a big uh, product of the the Facebook and Mark. So I imagine it's not going anywhere. Um, but sure I you know I'm hedging my bets. Well, I don't think there's any
0: immediate risk like that's being real. Like I don't think there's any change that's going to happen today or no. even this year that no. might come from there. But um there's kind of these two balancing acts I feel like we're playing here. It's like if you try to be on all platforms, right, <laughs> you exactly what you said before, you spread yourself too thin, right? And by doing a terrible job on everything, you don't get any results. yeah, on the reverse though, You go all in on, you know, let's remember this one, having a Facebook page, (laughs) you know, and it's all working for a while and you build into that and then all of a sudden the algorithms change or a Facebook shareholder interest changes and then all of a sudden ads is the way. So you pose this risk of going, well, if I just went in on one, even if I do the right things, there's this single source dependency. So I feel like for podcasters in general is like, While we do have all these amazing assets that can be repurposed, so to speak, um, from reusing the images or reusing the files or having everything come back to the website, it really seems like there's a balancing act between one, what are we capable of doing? Like how much team and resource do we have to do well across these mediums? But then two, how much risk we take on in going hard in certain areas.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, we, there's probably a risk of the fact that the, uh, there's no individual URLs that are all pointing back. Like if we went all in on Twitter, there would be a massive backlink of backlinks coming from Twitter straight to the site. And that would probably be much more beneficial over time. Uh, but again, like, you know, like you're saying, there's only so much that you can schedule in a day really well. And so rather than doing a really crappy job across all platforms, stick to one or two. Um, so that you can just nail those basically.
0: Yeah, I'm, I, I think that's a smarter approach. I mean, I'm doing terribly on LinkedIn right now. It's the most half-assed oh. thing you've ever seen.
1: <laughs> All I get at LinkedIn is like, like I literally had, I've had two voicemails today, both people that, looking to you know hi can i book a time i would like to talk to you about my outsourcing it's like if you even researched me whatsoever you would know that i have an entire team like an army behind me so no i don't need your outsourcing team to help us um linkedin's the same like i had some messages this morning hey you know by the way we do this 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 and this and it's like a whole wall of content i'm like oh my god go away so i'm uh yeah, I'm probably not digging too much into LinkedIn right now. It's just giving me the, I don't know, can I say the shits?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. You can say the shits on here. It's giving me the shits a little bit. I want to like it. I like the idea of a platform for business. I really do. Oh, it's, yeah. But um, it's got some friction for me at the moment, particularly in the messenger outreach.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay.
0: So- the next thing I wanted to ask you this morning I, I actually listened to one of your podcasts your recent one uh with Ben Amos and there was this really fascinating thing where uh in the intro of your podcast you said this episode is brought to you by and I was totally ready for a sponsor. I was like, oh, she's got sponsorship. That's going to be <laughs> It's going to be from Audible or um something of that nature. And then I realized you were actually your own sponsor. You brought the show by one of your own products and a course you have coming soon or may even be out now. Um, I wanted to ask what inspired you to do that and has it been effective in basically being your own show sponsor and announcing it at the start?
1: Yeah, so w- ideally what we want to do is we want to launch episodes and have them feature a certain key thing that we are either giving away or that we're about to launch. Um, so, of course, like I've seen this on Amy Porterfield. um, maybe even Gary V's, um, podcasts, but you know, it's like, Hey, this episode is brought to you by, um, you know, win the week, win the year, which is a Trello board that we have. That's like 30 bucks. And if you are struggling to, you know, process your time every week and, and you think that I'm never, ever going to catch up and this is a bottleneck and Hey, this is for you. And then the episode will actually talk about, um, like project management or process or, you know, something to the degree so that there's, a like for that? because every single little episode is a little bite-sized chunk of what you're actually offering and so you know if your customers like if your listeners they're podcasters so they are running a podcast because they sell a certain offering so it might be good for them to say well hey this podcast is brought to you by the discovery um session where for two hours we can walk into your business understand and unpack everything that you want to do from a marketing perspective and then deliver you a handmade report so you can either go and hire someone that you you know internally or you can bring us on um externally let's just jump into this do you know what i mean like it's such a great little bite-sized chunk to just go right straight into this piece i've done a little bit of um animation you know uh, advertising and now i'm going to jump into my content i don't know I, i like the the uh, the value add, I guess. You know, sometimes you're asking for 50 bucks. Sometimes you're, you know, giving it away for free. Well,
0: it's interesting. Um, and we didn't rehearse this before, I will, I will add. <laughs> I only found this out before the episode. Um, but this is actually one of the things we get all the clients to do at Vela Media. Oh. Is to create a call to action at the start of the episode. And the reason for that is your listenership is at your all-time high there. So when we look at how this has been done is I think a lot of podcasters miss out on one of the biggest opportunities in their show, which is where to, to direct their audience to get that next level of help or how you can be more of more hand to them. Yeah. So in, your, in your experience, what I thought was great is that it's that next step. It's that way someone can get that next piece. It's someone can know what's coming up or when courses are going to be released that yeah. are relevant if you're listening to that show.
1: Yeah, so- I imagine podcasters, they're quite, they're quite tight with you um you're in their ears they're they're moving around they're either traveling they're doing some some work around the home uh you know they're snowboarding whatever it might be it's quite an intimate place that they've saved just for your podcast so yeah Absolutely. I, <laughs> I really value giving them something nice and quick at the start um and i mean yeah it's a call to action why why would you do anything i mean everything is sales right but why would you do any marketing activity without at least creating a call to action so yeah,
0: well well, I'm of the belief a podcast really, the reason we all do it is to create um something for our business. This isn't Gosh. a feel good piece
1: of course, of course, yeah, if I was just doing this for fun, um, <laughs> I'd either be playing Tetris on the on Nintendo switch or I'd be watching my dog walk around the house and it'd be some plug pug sort of. Um, you know, video, audio and yeah. I, I got a lot more things I can do for fun.
0: <laughs> so the thing I'll ask or I'll lean into is you've put this sponsorship at the start. Have you noticed that is something people are taking advantage of? Do you notice that when you release an episode with a specific call to action that is working and you're seeing either leads or sales from it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like you'll see, um, you know, hey, by the way, check the show notes for that certain episode. You'll see the downloads for that episode, then you'll see the traffic onto that page. Um, so you'll see, you know, the transition from them listening and then actually visiting the site. Um, you'll see the mailing list jump up because they've downloaded something. So, yeah, it's it's absolutely essential. Like the, the weeks that we do actually have the promo, that's a much better week in an analytics perspective.
0: Interesting. Uh, it's thrilled to hear that's coming through. Like it's awesome to have that be the result from there. So, the next thing I wanted to ask about your show is how much intent you put into the type of content you make.
1: Okay. So, there's a fair amount of like process and I mean, there's an entire spreadsheet, let's say, but there's an entire process of like, okay, what what are the pains that my users are going through? Like we just did a... Um, an intake form, like a website intake form episode, and what I usually do and how I do it and why I do it, why I used to do it this way. and it, it you know, now I've changed. I just want them to learn from me. So so yeah, I basically have all the pain points and a big mind map about what um, my users are struggling with. And then we just sort of pick a title, we Google it, we make sure that the title is right and it's all googly and it makes sense. So that way, Um, we actually can get some SEO traction from it too.
0: Oh, we have to dig deeper here. (laughs) So I couldn't help it. I put your website through Ahrefs before the uh, call, which is a bit of an SEO tool. And I had a look at your show notes (laughs) and it's clear that you have, how can I put this, put some effort in. Like this isn't a lazy, hey, we'll just throw up a rough transcript and hope it all works out. Like there looks to be a bit of an intent. And I love your approach here of like you've gone, okay, client feedback or potential client feedback of going, okay, where is my audience struggling? I think that's such a great place to start from when looking like what problems to solve you can solve in podcasting. But then the next step is you're kind of tweaking that up. You're going, hey, how can I make the most of this with, what did you call it, Googling it?
1: Googly, googly,
0: <laughs> googly, googifying it,
1: <laughs> Google Powers,
0: yeah, put, putting some spread behind it, and then you've got a bit of a unique skill set in making sure that this could actually produce some SEO juice or Yeah, potentially have people find it.
1: I mean, uh, podcasts are going to start showing up in the SERPs just like websites and PDFs and YouTube clips do, so I want to make sure. When, you know, when Google really ramps this stuff up, if someone's looking for a website proposal, I want my podcast to come in. They're going to get the, hey, if you want a free proposal, go here. Like they're going to be, you know, the call to action to go and grab a free PDF. They're going to get the, how I used to put proposals together, why I do it now. What's, you know, what's worked, what's not, what platforms have I used? Like they're going to get someone actually walking through the entire thing rather than Google sending them to just a landing page that's got, here's a proposal, this is what it looks like, this is how you could price it, and da-da-da-da. Like, the podcast is so much richer. And again, they're getting nurtured, they're getting to know me, they're getting to know my voice, they're getting to know my mannerisms. Like, th- this is a thing when, um, <laughs> so like, you know, running YouTube channel and doing video every week. Um, when people finally do get on that sales call or the onboarding call, They're just like, oh, my God, you laugh exactly the same as you do on your podcast. And it's like, yes, like those are the clients that actually come through because you know that they know you so well. You don't have to sell. You just tell them, you know, what's your problem? Okay, so we solve that problem. Okay, great. So we're great. Do you want to work together? Like it's it's just such a much easier way of doing, you know, sales, so to speak. I find
0: it very interesting that you've mentioned that Google is going to be registering podcasts on the SERPs, which is search engine results for anyone um, that wasn't familiar with (laughs) Non-Googly. Yeah, for the non-Googly of us um, here. But I think that's fascinating that you're prepping for that. And then the other side is you've actually just described how a podcast appearing in the search results could be a better experience for the user. 100%. Such a better experience.
1: Yeah, like I remember Gary Vee saying, you know, audio is everything. Make sure you get on Alexa and all this sort of stuff. And and that was probably easy 15 months ago. But, like, Google actually announcing that, yes, podcasts are going to be part of the SERPs, rah, rah, rah. Like, it's like, damn, the time is now. Like, I'm so glad I have a back catalogue. Let's really make sure or our titles are exactly what people are searching. Let's make sure that, you know, there's images in there or GIFs. I'm about to add a bunch of GIFs. Um, into some um, show notes just to show more of a humorous side, make sure there's all workbooks in there or PDFs or, yeah. So, uh, I, I, yeah, audio is the king.
0: It really is. And, I mean, we do this podcast on video as well for many of the same reasons, um, which I'm going to try and convince you to do for your show oh. when we stop recording <laughs> um, for this. But nonetheless, I'm e- much agreeing with you on how bullish on podcasting. I really do think now is the time. I actually expect this space is going to get a, a whole bunch bigger in the next 10 years, and it's already exploded to a degree. But I'll lean this into a question or, or segue this, so to speak. What's your view on the future of podcasting?
1: Oh, What's my view on the future of podcasting? I mean, I think it's going to be so much more mainstream than what it already is. Like I remember, gosh, fifteen years ago or maybe eighteen, I was dating a guy and he and his friend had a podcast and no one even knew what it was. Um, but it was a really cool show and it was for them and their friends and they, they geeked out and all this kind of stuff. But nobody knew what it was. Um I've been listening to podcasts, you know, forever for ten years. So when I was like, Yeah, I'm I'm totally gonna buy a mic and this is the platform that I'm going to sit on for this business. It I was kind of like a no-brainer, really. Um, where's it going? I mean, like, like I've been saying, it's going to be in the search. So it's going to be so much more important for you to have audio content. It's like when someone says, oh, you should put a video on your website. It's like, okay, cool. You should have already done that. Now you need to put audio <laughs> together for your brand. It's like, oh, my God, there's always something else to do. Um, so i I think that or I've heard that, um, like even those Google you know home devices and all this kind of stuff, you can probably ask that thing a question it'll it'll bring up a podcast to answer the you know the the, uh, the, the, the query um, it's It's gonna be really important for search. Um, i I just think it's really important to from a from a getting to know someone perspective because it is so intimate like you you're in someone's ears. They're listening to you, like of, of, the, of the sort of, uh, you know, the company that I like to keep, the, um, the comrades that are also podcasting that I respect, their voice sounds so good in audio. And, you know, I'm like, oh, hey, mate, like I heard you, you know, launch podcast. That was a really good episode. Like it's so nice to hear, you know, like your comrades or your mates, also launching podcasts because there's just so much value in it. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's gonna explode. I think it's gonna be great for search. Um, will it surpass video? That's a toughie. I mean, my husband and I, we at night watch YouTube, like where we hook up our, you know, Sony TV to to YouTube, and when nothing is on, which is most of the time, unless I'm watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills uh, or Survivor. <laughs> I know, kill me. <laughs> and he's dying. <laughs>
0: yeah, we'll so. come back to that. But anyway, continue.
1: <laughs> but yeah, we put on YouTube. Like he'll watch a bunch of mountain biking videos or I'll put on some really cool food videos and we'll just chill and we'll have that in the background while we sort of go without, um, you know, go on with our night, so to speak. Will we'll audio change there? No, I, I can't see myself listening to podcasts in that manner. But like in the car, I went for a walk this morning. I walked the dog. I listen to two podcasts. Um, I've been pottering around the house today. I mean, if I had my earbuds in, I would have been listening to podcasting. So I don't know it's like it's twenty four seven because it's so easy, like so accessible. You just need an app, um, whichever one you want, and um, and you can access it basically. So yeah,
0: the creation being able to create a podcast and being able to listen to podcasts, the barrier is super low. Now. Oh, it's tiny, S- yeah. Super. Low. I mean.
1: For me, I've got probably 200 bucks worth of microphone gear. Um, I've got a $100 camera here. I've got Libsyn, so I use Libsyn to um, host my podcast. I've got um, my team in the Philippines that are cutting up the podcast. I've got the girls, um, you know, making sure it gets, like, you know, actually sent out to Libsyn. Like, the, you know, it's actually really easy to do. It's so much easier than video. <laughs>
0: As we record a video.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, yeah, it's certainly leaning into some big points there. I, I look at it and go, there's, it's not surprising podcasting is exploding with those barriers just getting lower and lower and then also the size of the market just increasing more and more.
1: Yeah. No, I think we'll be lucky. Like, We'll be like, I'm so glad that we joined the podcasting, you know, troops, so to speak, and we've done this thing for a long time, so – I can, I can see good things.
0: We'll go to the next question here. I get this question quite a lot of people that don't have a podcast and their attitude or something that comes up regularly is, have I missed the boat? Oh. Is it too late? And I'm curious of your thoughts here.
1: You've never missed the boat. <laughs> so there's always someone that's done the exact same thing that you want to do. The question you have to ask yourself is, can you do it better or can you make it more you? And if you can do that, then you're going to succeed because everyone has a certain style or flavor. Like I, I cooked brownies today. And so, you know, there's a good little mix of espresso powder in there so that when you have a brownie, the, the deep chocolate, you know, is there. And then there's a little bit of espresso and that just gives it that extra kick. That's how I like to have my brownies. Um, Someone else might want them with milk in them. Like I would never do that. Um, So everyone has a certain flavor that they like to lean towards. And so if you are offering the exact same thing as somebody else, it doesn't matter. Just be yourself and be the best, you know, version of yourself. Believe in yourself, present yourself, you know, come with commitment, you'll be absolutely fine and you'll, you'll own that space right next to all the other peers that are sitting in there too. Um, I think one big point here is like, uh, you know, live in abundance. So, I mean, my office is in North Sydney and there are thousands of other web agencies, so to speak. As long as we're best ranked for, you know, SEO marketing for that business, then, then that's sweet. Um, but, you know, there's plenty of work to go around. Just be yourself.
0: That is sage uh, wisdom there. <laughs> I, I'm going to go it down that way, and it's really interesting. Um, my first, and I'll share a quick story here. My first podcast failed miserably. We did a ton of episodes, and it just never took off. and i re- I really wanted to dig into why. Like why did this show suck? Yeah. <laughs> like what went so wrong with this? I mean, I'd listen to the audio files, I'd look at the guests we had, and perceivably, like you know, tick for tack. We were doing all the right stuff, yeah. We were promoting, and ultimately I came to the conclusion, and it wasn't until someone made me aware of this that I saw it, you know, like once we see, we can't unsee. And he said, hey, listen to this interview. And I had the same guest on the podcast. And he goes, listen to this person's interview. And I listened to this person's interview and he goes, do you know why I made you listen to this other show that interviewed the same guest? I was like, why? And he's like, Were well, you paying attention. I'm like, just, just tell me, what is it? He goes, it was the same interview. <laughs> and he goes, you spent all your time trying to be like everyone else. Yeah. There wasn't any unique spin or feature to why someone would listen to your show, and so it never got traction. And yeah. in listening to you here, it's like if I had just been myself and asked different questions, the questions I wanted to know the answers to, yeah. or if I had put my own unique flavour or spin into this... This show would have been dramatically more successful. Like it really would have. And I think the only way you can go wrong, you know, coming back to the question of like, you know, has the boat sailed? Is this something we look at differently there? I think the boat's absolutely sailed if you're modeling other shows identically. I think That's right.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah. If, if you I love copying someone else's stuff, then, then, yeah, that ship has sailed. What have you got to offer?
0: Absolutely. How are you going to serve this market differently or how are you going to, you know, following your methodology a little bit here is like, how can you create your own corner and do the niche within the niche yeah. or work with a different angle or help or serve these guys in a different way? And I think if someone nails the niche, and I'll emphasize <laughs> that one, <laughs> that they're going to have dramatically more success here.
1: I I tell this like I rem- everyone knows this, I'm sure, but I always remind my coaching customers, like, to make a million dollars, you need $86,000 a month, every single month for 12 months. Um, if you have eight clients paying you 10 grand, that's eight, $86,000. You can have five clients, you know, uh, you can have 20 clients paying you five grand. You know, that's going to get you $86,000. So if you only need 10 or 20 clients to, to actually make a million bucks, you don't like it's okay to niche. Like niching doesn't seem like so scary and and full of fear because hey, I only need ten dentists paying me ten grand a month. Um, you know, I only need twenty dentists paying me, you know, uh five grand a month to make sure that I can actually make my eighty-six thousand dollars to actually make a million bucks. So it's not that difficult. Um, so you don't need to fear that you're going to be the smallest corner of the market, there's actually safety in that because people will do so much more when you're, you are that little tiny slither and you're totally yourself and you're totally, um, what do I say, conviction and confidence. Like totally, you know, <laughs> have the confidence and just be like, no, nope, this is exactly what we do. This is exactly who we do it for and this is exactly why. Um, and like going back to your point before about, um, other podcasters, when you're so broad, how, how are you going to start to build rapport with those people, those listeners? Yeah. Like even looking at TV, there's that many TV, um, yeah, you know, channels and uh, recordings and programs and this kind of thing. But when you think about it, you know, the block is based on a certain type of user, And then they bring on advertisers to obviously serve a purpose to those users. Um, You know, love it or list it, another real estate show. That's for a certain kind of person who's looking to entertain themselves in that market. Um, I'm trying to think of another house show. (laughs) But like they're they're, they're the same but they're so different because they're unique. So, yeah, I just wanted to drive that point back.
0: What's well, even a fascinating point you make there with TV is going the broader the show, the broader the advertising. So it's like if a show doesn't really have a market, so let's say it's the news, so to speak. Yeah. Yep. All right, so it's like, okay, it's for everyone.
1: Colgate t- toothpaste, I guess. Like,
0: yeah, life, in- life insurance. <laughs> yeah. Car ads with every type of car.
1: <laughs> yeah, not luxury.
0: <laughs> it becomes much less relevant.
1: Yeah. So you can charge, like you, you can't charge as much. Because you're not really sure what truly will drive that user to make them jump. Like they're so full of desire. Yes, they're going to jump and and do the thing that you want them to do. When, uh, you know, when you're niche, that's that's exactly what happens. They are so um, dialed in and they're so close that you, you know exactly what to put in front of them.
0: Yeah. And I like that point. I really do. So, Stephanie, we have reached the end of our time here. Where is the best place for people to come and listen to your show and find out more about what you
1: do? Yeah, cool. So, you can go to my website, stephaniecampanella.com. There is a range of, uh, I guess, content that you can you can uh, delve into. Um, the uh, If you want to get better at niching, I guess, then you can come and join Now the Niche. Uh, that's a six-week course. Um, But, yeah, come and listen to my podcast and, um, yeah, let let, let me some feedback. Let me know what you think.
0: Absolutely, guys. So this has been another episode of The Business of Podcasting. A big thank you for Stephanie for coming on the show. We'll make sure to have links in the show notes. And if you have enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe.